It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. on here. Resistance is futile. This indeed you are Paul. Is Fan Effect. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Fan Effect, sponsored by Utah's premier movie entertainment company, the Megaplex Theaters. I'm your host Andy Farnsworth. Joining me, my co-host Kellyanne, running the board as the producer today. And Hi. this summer might be almost over, but we are all heated up still over the movies and events coming up in September 2021. Not only do we get films like Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings from Marvel at the Megaplex, but we get to finally experience Utah's biggest pop culture and fandom event with FanEx Salt Lake Comic Convention. And to celebrate, we have our good friend Jeff Whipple from the Megaplex Theaters. And Jeff, before we get to me- to uh, comic uh, to uh, FanEx stuff, we uh, we got to talk about Megaplex stuff. And first and foremost, we've got to talk about CinemaCon. Because you're just back from CinemaCon, and this is the latest and the greatest hot stuff. Tell us really quick what CinemaCon is and why I'm so excited about it for the people who maybe don't know. Uh, and then we'll talk about some specifics. So CinemaCon happens traditionally once a year in Las Vegas. It's a gathering of theater exhibitors. And we get together as an association. The purpose is for the studios, the major studios, to present their upcoming movie slate and get exhibitors some behind-the-scenes uh, look at what's coming. Uh, they'll, they'll present the newest cuts. That we actually see trailers before they've, they've been released to the public. In fact, I think there was a bit of a brouhaha just recently about uh, the Spider-Man trailer, No Way Home, getting out before it was supposed to, and giving theater owners a chance to get a sense of the landscape. With 2020 being so weird with COVID, there has been just this massive backlog of film content. And so we're still seeing some of the results of that. But the the studios have these tremendous films. And frankly, there have been so many that have been put on hold because the studios, the producers, the directors are begging for a theatrical window so that these movies can be seen the way they were, were intended to be seen. Now, the word theatrical window gets thrown around a lot in the trades and in, you know, stories. What's a basic explanation of theatrical window for people who've heard it, but maybe don't know exactly what that's referred to? So in, in the early days of Hollywood, there weren't that many films released. For example, you know, the original Gone with the Wind played in theaters for years. It, it just kept running and running and running because audiences kept showing up. With the advent of television the theatrical window shrinks because some of the film content shifts to a TV contract. Same thing happens with VHS, then then DVD, then Blu-ray. Now with the internet and streaming services, there is higher demand for all of these you know, all these films. And so the studios will go about negotiating contracts with these different content providers to make films available. So the theatrical window has shifted from literally years down to a few months, down now down to weeks, where if you want to see a film, you can actually go to a movie theater. And in some cases, you've got theaters running the, the same content in theaters on the same day that it's released on a streaming service. But truly, the big blockbuster films fare better. The economy is better for everyone concerned uh, when movies kind of go the traditional route, have a big theatrical release, and then go through these other paths, whether it's you know, on streaming services, on cable premium channels, on broadcast television, even the airline version gets played. And, and for some additional negotiated separate. For some additional context for people who are listening, this is part of um, Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit against Disney. Uh, was her frustration in that Black Widow wasn't given an exclusive theatrical release window, mm-hmm. and by debuting it on Disney Plus the same time as it was in the theaters, that she felt that that cost it some profits and some additional revenue that in her contract it would have gone to her, and so her frustration was in how it was released, and it wasn't given that theatrical exclusive window. The, the economy of these kind of things 
you know, big celebrities will frequently take a percentage of the revenue that the film generates after you know all, all the production costs. Even that part's been the subject of of plenty of back and forth between the studios and talent and agents and things. There there are lots of people in Hollywood that make a living out of working through the fine print of these contracts. But for a place like the Megaplex, theatrical window, that's the best. Mm-hmm. It is one of those things where watching a film on, on a big screen, big sound, big picture, an IMAX experience, a Dolby Atmos experience, I guarantee is a different experience than, than what people are seeing at, at their home. As good as your, your TV is at home, you're probably not getting the same bang for the buck that you're going to see on a, on a big screen like at Megaplex. And really seeing it the second or third time is different because you hearken back to the memories that you've had. You've been in the dark theater. You've, you've experienced these big highs and lows that come. And even during CinemaCon in Las Vegas this last week, we've had uh, directors come out and talk about Patty Jenkins, the, the director of Wonder Woman and, and the sequel, was adamant about wanting to make sure that she produces film projects for the big screen. She's not opposed to doing other kinds of, of projects. Serial television, episodic kind of content is fine for a different format. But these big action adventure films, big stories deserve the big screen treatment. And she was one of those that clearly for a bunch of exhibitors was getting cheers from the crowd. But, <laughs> of uh, you know, it's, 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 so yeah, right, at right CinemaCon, which we hear the word con, especially here, and we think, oh, yeah, this is a place where we could go. This is for people who show movies and who have contracts with studios to show movies. Uh, so this is one of those insider conventions. CinemaCon 2021. All right, Jeff, what was some of the best stuff you saw? Oh, my. Uh, Disney showed us Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The that whole was movie. extraordinary. The whole movie. That, that was the bulk of their presentation, which was tremendous. What a, what a highly entertaining film. Jeff, um, are you allowed I, any plus ones at this thing? I'm just wondering. I, you know, I'm asking I, for a friend. I get in such hot water with family and friends because <laughs> I, you've got to do what? Um, I will will say that one of the presentations, they actually baited us with with the release of a trailer and made it sound like they were going to show the full film. They didn't. Uh, But then they did. We we did have a a lovely introduction with Ivan Reitman, uh, the original director of Ghostbusters and his son and uh, their presentation. I'm not sure I'm at full liberty to say, but it was spectacular what they what they offered us. Uh, and there's much to look forward to there. I have read we a lot it. of positive reaction uh, from the national trade magazine sites that uh, that said that it got them very excited for Ghostbusters Afterlife. When well, we have to it wait is. all the way till November for that one. Yes. And, and it is a giant hug to those who love the original film. Oh. It is there. There is just so many. So many great moments. Uh, we we also got a chance to see a portion of uh, the upcoming Top Gun, which was tremendous. Uh, that date is shifting, and so you know things are still pretty dynamic. We're moving and watching the calendar very closely with these big films, and in part it's because certainly we're we're watching the health and safety situation and want things to stabilize there. But additionally, there, there are smart business decisions being made as far as you know, calendaring these, these films because it turns into theatrical bumper cars with these big film releases where movies that get theatrically, get released theatrically, need some time to grow their audience and, and get enough people in, in the auditoriums to, to get the numbers that they need to to cover the production costs. <laughs> so, you know, a big film will certainly have a big opening weekend and some films will see a, a drop off and some films will actually see it grow depending on how much marketing they have behind it and what the buzz is. And so big films need need a bit of a window in order to play theatrically. Right. And it used so, to be you'd look at the calendar, at least um, speaking as somebody who, you know, looks at the calendar, plans, reviews and coverage and things like that. Uh, you'd see, OK, so the big one in March, or they talk about a movie opening up against another movie or 
I, I remember the first time I think I heard that term was in 1997 when they talked about how my best friend's wedding or the runaway bride, I can't remember which one, was going to open up against against Batman and Robin because that was what they were expecting to be the big uh, moneymaker over the weekend. And then, you know, it turned out that my best friend's wedding made a bunch of money as well, which they figured was all the people who either hated Batman and Robin <laughs> on the first few or who, you know, were guys on dates with their girls and they had to go see my best friend's wedding instead of Batman and Robin. But that was the first time I heard that kind of a term and started thinking about, you know, then, of course, a couple of years later, Star Wars Episode One, like no movies opened like for the next two weeks just because they assumed that, I mean, that was so big that I remember the, the trailer for Austin Powers 2. They said, if you see only one movie this summer, go see Star Wars. But if you see two movies this summer, go see Austin Powers and <laughs> 2. And I just remember laughing at that. It, it is so entertaining. And in fact, there is so much gamesmanship that happens that there will be counter-programming. Um, you know, you get these big you know, action-adventure films that have a heavy demographic one direction or another, and then you will see a, a rom-com or a, you know, a quieter film, you know, Downton Abbey plays opposite you know, Indiana Jones or whatever, because you know, the studios recognize that they, they may be targeting different audiences, or it may be one of those weekends where things just kind of stack up in a way that I've got to go see all three. So there's that should that always be fascinating. Case, that should well, always be the case. I do like that. That is fun. Those are fun weeks. Um, I, I remember Clint Eastwood had a big movie that opened up opposite Silverado, and it's like, pick your Western. It's like, Ooh. are you kidding me? No, we'll, we'll do them both. So those are kind of fun things. And you know, it's called show business, and there's a business side of this. Hollywood is an industry town that manufactures stuff, and they need to get product not only out to the U.S. marketplace, but around the world. And so there, there are big things that happen behind the scenes. They build out marketing campaigns. You start seeing like the stars appear on your favorite talk shows, you know, the late night stuff or the morning talk shows, those kind of things. All that's calculated and scheduled out. And again, it becomes a crowded marketplace if everyone's trying to get on, you know, Jimmy Kimmel or, or the Tonight Show. So those no, things come into play That's a good as point. Well. So when you saw, was there anything you saw that hasn't been shown yet to the public, whether it's a trailer yep. or, or anything? <laughs> Is there anything you can talk about you're, you're, what you saw? Please? No. Please. <laughs> oh. Actually, the pieces that they showed us, um, the making of Mission Impossible, uh, it's certainly going to be part of the extras that, as part of the director's cut and all the all the extras that they attach to a film. But, oh my goodness, uh, Tom Cruise is extraordinary. And frankly, there are times when I think there should be an intervention because the man puts his life at risk. He does his own stuff. Oh, yes. All the time. Mm -hmm. Part of the drama, they go through him riding a motorcycle off a cliff. This is no ordinary cliff. And they, they went to some length to set it up. But part of the, the extraordinary piece behind the scenes, the director's behind the scenes sweating bullets. They've put nine months of prep into setting up this one stunt, this one stunt for a scene that's certainly going to be spectacular on screen. <laughs> and and they, they have the cameras rolling behind the scenes as everyone's getting ready and they're doing all the, you know, building up the drama to the, the thing. And they do it. And then Tom Cruise comes up and says, you know what? I think I can do it better. And so they go through the whole thing again, and they keep repeating it until he gets it right. Because part of the things that they're, they're factoring in is how high the helicopter needs to be to get the wide shot and how close the drone can get so that the camera can actually show that it's Tom Cruise on the motorcycle doing his own stunt. And the risk of how fast can he go off the cliff so that the camera can see him without him running into the drone. So, I mean, there, there's just what goes into these big movies is remarkable. And I came away from this, this, this convention with just such a great appreciation of the craftsmanship and the artistry that goes on. And then I think, oh, my gosh, who writes that check <laughs> to, to put this stuff together? That's that's a commitment. You know, you can say what you want about Tom Cruise, but you cannot say he does not put everything into his movie. Like you can, you, you may not like him, whatever, but you can't say he doesn't try to make you the best movie possible. His action performances are amazing. Minority Report 
Minority Report is still one of my absolutely favorite movies. Like it's it's phenomenal, and we he's in both Top Gun two coming out as well as Mission Impossible, whatever the number we're at now. So, there, all right, there's so many so many of these these fun films that are in the pipeline. And and that's the joy of it is is finding the appointment movies that people are looking forward to. That that's when I get a kick out of the out of being in this part of the business. Well, we're going to talk about some of those movies when we talk about what movies are coming out in September in uh, in our later segment. But let's talk right now about let's look back for just a sec at uh, August and uh, how how did Megaplex do in August? Uh, you, I understand that uh, you know Free Guy was the big movie of the month. How did Utah rank nationally in Free Guy sales? I, it's the best movie I've seen this year so far, at least the most fun one anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not such a fun film. And again, Megaplex have multiple locations in the top 15 or 20. And and it speaks volumes to the the loyalty and the commitment of of the fans to great film. Such such a fun film, original, quirky, charming. And and that word doesn't get thrown around too much on on some films anymore. Just one of those great, great films that... uh, has such a fun story to it. We've had great success. Black Widow is playing still. We've got Jungle Cruise that are still playing. And in fact, I, I'm still wondering, Andy, if you've had a chance to ride the actual attraction at Disneyland. But, well, I have to know, go I, to Disneyland before I can ride the attraction. <laughs> you know, I rode the tidal I, wave at Lagoon. Is it like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the movie would have been better if they'd have made it like the tidal wave. Maybe so. I'm just kidding. I didn't well, dislike the movie. I didn't dislike the movie. I just didn't love it the way some people did. Well, maybe you'll the learn to love it by time you cool. Is the tidal wave? We'll 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 go to work on it. <laughs> put, put together a project. <laughs> yes. Hey, they've made movies out of less than what the tidal wave is. <laughs> True. It's true. Oh uh, for those of you who are listening who don't know what the tidal wave at Lagoon is, it's essentially a boat that just rocks really high one, really high the other, and it's got <laughs> pirates on either end of it that are made out of whatever that is, silicone, plaster, yeah. I don't know. Card, car, carved fiberglass. Fiberglass, yeah. that's what I was and, looking for. And you for. get a better ride if you're on the very end with your and you lift your feet up. Exactly. Yes. That's actually one of my favorites there. <laughs> simple ride, but enjoyable. And so if you make a movie that's like that, simple but enjoyable, do one good thing really well. That's a formula for success. Mm-hmm. All right. So what uh, what other uh, things did Utah theater jo- goers enjoy? So many films are still playing so well. Coda. Oh, um, we still that, that came out in theaters. I thought that was only on Apple. See, that's that's where people are missing the boat. Uh, <gasps> it has played at Megaplex and, and continues. It's done so well that it, we've actually expanded it to other locations. So we we really encourage people to go to megaplextheaters.com or, or download our app to get the latest update. Join our reward, rewards program so you get the email updates every week uh, about what's coming out. We still have F9 is still pulling in crowds. <laughs> um, it, there, there are so many fun different things playing. Candyman. Not Ugh. not my particular cup of tea, but it's doing really, really well. You know, fans of the genre are all over it. And frankly, we're coming up into you know the Halloween season, so we're going to start seeing some more of these. Yeah, plus, I know. Plus a retooling of some of the classic stuff. I, I think every year we do the little... No, let's see. Where are we throwing toast at the screen doing the time warp? That one. Oh, you do Rocky, you do Horror? Rocky Horror Picture we do Rocky, Show? We, we, we bring back Rocky Horror Our one of our general managers in Southern Utah is a huge fan, so she brings it into her building all the time, and usually one or two other locations pick it up. It's just there are so many fun films, and especially the kind that bring on annual traditions. We we get a kick out of doing that kind of thing for guests. Mm-hmm. So lots of fun stuff playing. All right. Well, then let's do this. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we want to talk about what Megaplex is doing at FanX, the big uh, uh, comic convention here in Salt Lake that uh, we've had to wait a couple of years for. Uh, so I'm assuming that Megaplex is going to have something pretty awesome, uh, a booth at FanX. We'll talk about what you guys have, Jeff, uh, when we get back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, 
we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Fan Effect. We're talking with Jeff Whipple from Megaplex Theaters. Jeff, FanX. Now, uh, you and I have spent a lot of time together at FanX. I've spun the wheel of prizes multiple times, eaten lots of popcorn that you have stashed behind the booth. Uh, I've watched my kids get posters to movies that I will never let them watch. Uh, so I don't know why they wanted the posters so much, but <laughs> nevertheless... FanX uh, 2021 uh, is going to be in a couple of weeks uh, here in Salt Lake City. And I'm assuming uh, Megaplex is going to have a good presence there again. Go ahead and tell us about that. That is that is the plan. And in fact, the Megaplex prize vault, the, our cave of wonders, is overflowing because of what we've all gone through over the past 18 months. When, when FanX got postponed, our shelves just start busting at the seams. So we have we have these great relationships with the studios and I am constantly harping on them, please just send us everything, the kitchen sink, send it all. The studios put out these great promotional packages for films and we promote them on our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter accounts. Uh, we'll put out prize packages, but then we'll also have some extras set aside specifically for FanX because we want to thank our loyal movie fans. You I guys always have one of the longest lines. Definitely. Always. <laughs> like, it's, I swear you that, have to bring at least one of your theater's entire staff in order to just keep the line moving at the FanX uh, Megaplex booth. We've actually crunched the numbers. And in fact, during FanX weekend, the Megaplex booth is one of our busiest locations. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have so many people coming through the booth. And, and we love that. It, it's a chance to say thanks to the fans that come and, and support us year-round. We have people that come up, and while they're they're waiting for their turn to spin the prize wheel, they'll tell us what movies they're they've just seen at Megaplex, or, or they'll tell us which movies they're most excited about. As the marketing guy, it's the it's the best market research I can possibly do because I get to hear firsthand what we're doing right, and frankly, what we do wrong. If if we mess something up, p- people will certainly let us know, and uh, we take that information back to you know our operation side you know but, in radio we have what's called a p1 your your priority one listener the people who are like your target demographic they're the people that you know your advertisers most want to speak to and they're the people who actually usually spend the most time listening uh, i'm sure it's similar for television i would guess that the fanex uh, average fanex goer is the p1 for the megaplex theaters and then some. Uh, absolutely. The gathering of, of these fans to celebrate all of the genres, whether it's sci-fi, whether it's horror, whether it's fiction, whether it's fantasy, whether it doesn't matter because they can find, in fact, most of them built their their affection for these genres at some point along the way at a megaplex theater. Mm-hmm. So we embrace that. We we love the fans that come. These are the fans that come to see a movie on opening weekend, first show they can get to. Then they turn around. I've I've had the conversation myself with fans that have gone to a, a Star Wars movie where they've bought four or five consecutive shows, same auditorium, same seat. They just want to keep seeing it until they're they get their fill. Then Which they, they never do, but they just run out of money or they have to leave and go home. <laughs> they, they, have to, they have to go back to their day job. And that's what I they, find so fun, too. You know, when us three to get together and we're talking about film, we, we can't shut up. We just keep going and going. <laughs> and when you're at Fanex and, and you're hanging around the Megaplex booth or, or other similar booths, it's the same thing. It's like this family has, has come together and we get to just nerd out together and show that, that love of, of film and, and entertainment. And uh, it's so much fun. And you always have some fun stuff there as well to, to kind of look at or interact with. Well, uh, that's that's been the the key for us. We identify or 
do our best, not only to target what the next the next films are that we think fans are going to anticipate. I mean, we've talked, Marvel has four new films coming between now and the end of the year. Between Shang-Chi and the, the Ten Rings, the Eternals, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and then the villain. Oh, gosh, what's his name? Or the... Oh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Venom, Venom, yes. Yeah. So four separate film titles, and that's just for that genre. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the DC side. Then you've got the Harry Potter crowd or the Star Wars crowd or the the Hobbit. Lord of the Rings, yeah. So many so many different categories. The Ghostbusters, we've we've reached out. In fact, while I was in Las Vegas, the the Ghostbusters Club reached out, and we're going to work with them on... The film that's coming out. You know, I ran into them, them when, we, when Ghostbusters Answer the Call came out in 2016. Uh, they were at the, the preview screening. They were there on opening night, too. That was pretty cool. Is that a local Utah club? I believe yeah. so. Ooh, I got to reach yeah. out to them. <laughs> and it is. It's like a family reunion or a class reunion of, of these different groups. And, and it's not one size fits all because people who are Marvel fans also like Harry Potter or Star Trek and Star Wars fans. I, the number of languages that are spoken at Fanex is fascinating. Mm-hmm. W- watching people you know, jump between genres. Uh, and it's our goal at Megaplex to embrace everyone, to try and provide you know the best movie-going experience we can. And so part of the, the challenge for us and part of the magic is <laughs> going through and, and making sure. I have a stash of Black Widow prizes. I have Ooh. some Shang-Chi prizes in the, in the pipeline. I'm gathering things for James Bond. I am gathering things for Ghostbusters. We will have the best prizes and, frankly, stuff that they don't retail a lot of it. It's just this isn't stuff you can making... buy. This is studio swag that they send for promotional reasons only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know, hitting that hitting that right prize is is pretty cool. And we give away movie tickets. They're not sending Ana de Armas, and... are they, for the James Bond thing? Because um, I'd like to request that. But, you know, I, my, <laughs> my, the... my wish list <laughs> my wish list for James Bond alone. I keep waiting for the Aston Martin to show up, and I oh. I, I have Someday. not yet received that. You should be able to drive UPS. that into the studio hall. That would be the most epic entrance at Fanex ever. Oh, that'd be so cool. I'm not sure I'd make that left turn. I'd just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) It's now mine. Well, I can understand the temptation. (laughs) See, that's that's the problem is, yeah, but... There, there are so many fun things, and and we look forward to it. We have we have a great relationship with the team at Fanex. We coordinate their volunteer meetings, and and we do some different things. I the other thing that we do is we get involved with their costume contest. We mm-hmm. we provide some prizes. We try and we reach out because we've also had some great moments with Disney princesses and other big movie openings where we will have cosplayers come and to see the expression on the kids' faces when. They look up. It's like going to their favorite theme park and, and seeing the, the actual character. And we try not to break the magic. So the, the experience is as close as you can get living a few hundred miles away. Mm-hmm. couple of additional Fanex questions, Jeff. Is Megaplex or are you personally going to do any panels, be part of any panels? We get tapped occasionally. We will try and sit in on a few. Um, occasionally we'll have some questions thrown at us. Uh, this time, I don't think I'm I'm slated for anything, but we're still a little ways off, so never never say never. And a cheap uh, plug for our own selves, we're going to be doing a live podcast recording at FanX. Uh, actually, uh, Kellyanne and myself and Dan Spindle from KSL-TV and Herb Scribner from the Deseret News are going to do a panel, I believe, on Saturday. Are we nailed that down yet? We have not nailed down. Okay, so it'll time. be one of the days. And I'm hoping it's Saturday because that's the day that's easiest for me. But I, I, I'm hoping as well. <laughs> we'll but we'll see. see. But at any rate, we, we we'll will be a, doing we'll a podcast be... uh, episode from there as we do a live, essentially a live panel recording. So and Castle Podcast will have a booth there as well. So you can drop Ooh. by and see us and pick up a little card room. Yeah, so you can go say hi to the cold people who everybody loves. Yes, they, they also have a, <laughs> par- a panel this year. All right. So look for the Fanex. You guys usually take up a pretty good size square footage booth. Uh, they've moved you around a couple of times. You know where you're going to be located this year? Not yet. I've I've learned they they actually try and position us in a in a place 
that we can help draw a crowd because people hear that clicking noise or, or word spreads where Megaplex is set up. <laughs> and they don't and want you neighbors... in the corner. It's going to really throw off the movement of the whole entire floor. So <laughs> I, I, I always apologize at the beginning to our neighbors who set up next to us because they say, we're going we're gonna to make some noise and we're going to have some fun. <laughs> and they, they're, if they're first-timers, they, they kind of look at me curiously. And then after the first hour or two, they're... This is the best. We love having the traffic come by. So, I was going to say, yeah, they, that's probably a good location is uh, sitting next to you because they're going to get a lot of foot traffic they might not have gotten otherwise. Capitalize on that's, that, people waiting in line. That's the goal. I, we we want to cause just enough trouble to, to be interesting, but not too much to really cause people heartburn. So. <laughs> All right, last FanX question. What star do you want to attend their live panel that's, oh, that's been announced? What's the one you most oh, want to go see? I am such a fan of so many of these people that are coming. I'm sort of a one-off on some of them because I know their earlier work. I'm one of the old guys, so I right. I know some of these people with, you know, you, you look at a legend like Edward James almost showing up, and you think, wow, that guy's been in so many different cool things. But you knew and him as I, Jaime Escalante. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like so, so much fun. And then yeah, the MASH crew that's there, the the TGIF, the, that, that crowd that's coming in oh, for those that's right. those classic shows. I mean, we raised our kids. We That was appointment night for our family. So there's so many fun things uh, coming through. That it, All right. You've got to pick always, one, though. You've got to pick one. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to take the fifth. None of this PR dance around it, Jeff. What one do you most want to see? Got, he got Dan to say what he, he was looking forward to. So you got to say it, too. Well, okay. This I, doesn't mean you have to go to it. Just if there was you to right. pick one, this is the one I kind of secretly want to go to the most. I'll tell you right now, it's the Cobra Kai panel. See, anytime you get Spock in any incarnation Ooh, in the room, that is that's true. right. So you, you got no, Zachary you Quinto. Got, Quinto. Yeah, yeah. You, you got Zachary Quinto showing up, but then you got William Daniels, and I'm I'm an oh my gosh, that's right. I liked him so, before Boy Meets World. I mean, 1776. Yes, and his my voice favorite musical. Hit the car from Knight Rider. You like a musical, Andy? I like a lot of musicals. <gasps> okay, all right. There, there's there's some up. fun fun names, and then my daughter is an avid. She's a former Disney employee who can draw the characters. So seeing all the Disney character voices that are showing up, that you just reminded me are, that Peter Cullen's going to be there, and that's <laughs> another one that I absolutely got to say hi to. My Optimus Prime, the only voice of Optimus Prime, in my opinion. So I'm sitting here, Ashley Eckstein, uh, the original voice of Ahsoka Tano. I like her, too. I, yeah. I love her so much. I love how she's made a whole catalog of clothing for people like me, uh, her universe and our universe. And then Will Freddy is coming as well, which not just Boy Meets World, but he's also the voice of uh, Batman in Batman Beyond. And so it's like oh. there's a lot of voice actors I'm looking forward to. And, of course, the whole Animaniacs crew. <laughs> Except for yeah, Jeff, Tress I McNeil mean, canceled. Tress, oh, Jeff, we don't, we're not going to have Dot? No. That's okay. Jess Harnell being there. Um, I, and I get sucked into every Mythbusters episode I watch <laughs> yes. or the Impractical Jokers guys. It's a fun lineup. And that's that's the joy of it. So, yeah, if you've got a breakaway from the Megaplex booth, we, we understand. We, we'll forgive you. <laughs> You'll be there but, when they're yeah. done with the panel that you go see. Exactly. Make <laughs> make some time. Swing by and say hello, and we'll we'll see if we've got some swag for you. Awesome. So, FanXSaltLake.com is where you get tickets so that you can get – I mean, look at this. Think about this. Think about this. You're guaranteed a prize at the Megaplex booth. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to pay to go to the Megaplex booth. So, your ticket guarantees you an awesome movie prize, even if you got nothing else out of FanX. That's the goal. <laughs> everyone everyone comes away a winner. All right. Well, let's take another break. And then for our final segment, Jeff, you and I and Kellyanne, we're going to talk about movies coming out in September Yay. at the Megaplex and things that we can look forward to. Fall movie season's begun. There's some really big names on that list and some special events, actually, that uh, uh, will give people a chance to revisit some classics up on the big screen, including one that scarred me so much that I saw it on opening day and never again. And I may, I may finally break my 35-year fear and overcome it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll find that right out when we return here on Fan Effect.
All right. Welcome back in. Final segment of Fan Effect here with uh, Megaplex Theater's Jeff Whipple. Jeff, big movies starting in September. Used to be September was kind of the... August and September were kind of the the dreary months. I mean, a few years back, you'd see theater or you'd see studios put out movies. Of course, they're always going to release a new movie every week, but they were ones generally they didn't have as much confidence in that they might have debuted during the the peak of the summer. Uh, and then what they would do is they'd cross their fingers and hope that somehow they would get, you know, a big a big following. I believe Suicide Squad, the original one in 2016, kind of surprised by how much it earned as an August release. But as you said uh, in an earlier segment, with so much backlogged catalog for Hollywood, they're just dumping it all. As the guy who has to try to process it all <laughs> and tell people about it, it feels like I'm drinking out of a fire hose sometimes. It does. Just keeping track of what big films are playing now at Megaplex, it's unbelievable. And now we're there just going to so stick to releases that are coming out at the Megaplex theaters. I understand that there's other things that are releasing directly to streaming, whatever. We're talking about where you ought to see a movie, which is up on the giant screen. All right, well, let's start with the big ones then. We've got some coming up just uh, this weekend. And, of course, uh, I'm going to lead off with uh, what's going to be the biggest, uh, what the one that's expected to win the box office this weekend, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. We've mentioned it a little bit in earlier segments. Uh, you've seen it. I've seen it. Kellyanne has seen it. Yep. Um, where would you put it up against, uh, like, I would say I liked it slightly less than Free Guy, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, um Free Guy was I'm, a great film, but Shang-Chi is I, – I was surprised at how much I liked that film. Fun story, well acted, the the action is terrific, mm-hmm. and there are some callbacks that are delightful in that film. I love martial arts movies, so I thought they did the martial arts you know, excellent. Of course – you know, you would assume that Marvel would put the effort in, and, and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, spared no expense, I would guess, <laughs> uh, if John Hammond was talking. But um, I liked, you know... It was beautiful. It was. It was It was really well done. It had a kind of crouching tiger, hidden dragon mm-hmm. feel to it, um, which was really, I think, for a generation of people, that was the first real martial arts action movie that they saw that was done artistically. And that wasn't made by an American audience specifically in mind. Mm-hmm. It was made for, you know, the, the international audience. And then we watched it and liked it in the way it was, you know, some of the seventies stuff, it was either a poor, you know, the, 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 the joke about the poorly dubbed translation where the, the, the lips don't always match the, uh, the dub. Uh, but this was one where it was, you know, it was it was crafted. Some scenes, if I remember correct, were shot with English and Chinese, and they reshot them in Chinese so that they would have oh, natural so cool. the voice acting from the from the actors. But um, this felt authentic. It was gorgeous. And since we don't want to spoil anything, we won't say much beyond that. But um, do you expect it to do very well for attendance? It is tracking really well. It is tracking higher than some of these recent blockbusters that we've had. So. If, if pre-sales so far are any indication, we're, we're optimistic. We think it's it's one of those films that fans have looked forward to. Honestly, I was this one wasn't on my radar as squarely as some of the other past Marvel content. So to see it come through and see that there's that much interest, we're thrilled. And uh, I think it's going to be a fun fun holiday weekend. Well, uh, for me, for someone who I, I can get bored in fight scenes if they're too long, and it's like, yes, how many times can I see someone being punched in the face? The answer is unlimited. <laughs> I get bored. Um, this was really gorgeous. The way they, they fought, the way it was filmed. It was really – I loved learning more about the culture. I love the, the throwbacks. It, it is one of my favorite Marvel f- movies right now. I'm definitely going to go see it again. I had to stop myself from buying a plush of one of the little creatures in it. You know which <laughs> one I'm talking about. I, I held it in my hand at Target for like it 10 minutes. It would make a good Squishmallow, wouldn't it? It would make a good Squishmallow. Ugh, I'm upset. Swiss squishmallows, um, but it, it was a really good movie, and I I really liked the the heart of it as well. Very good family and, and friendship vibes as well. So I was very happy with how it turned out, and I went in not knowing anything about Shang Chi or the the Ten Rings. All right, so another big one for September third is Cinderella. This is one that's kind of bumped around the schedule a bunch. Um, a modern musical retelling of the classic fairy tale starring Camilla Cabello as Cinderella. 
And a star-studded cast that includes Pierce Brosnan, Adina Menzel, Minnie Driver, James Corden, and Billy Porter, famous for wearing the tuxedo dress to the Oscars, um, as the Fab G, who is the fairy godmother. Have you seen it yet? I haven't. But anytime these retellings of classic stories hit the screen, I'm fascinated by the, the guest reaction because a whole new generation comes and sees, sees the story in a whole new way. And it's fun to hear the reaction as they leave the theaters. So this is one of those I'm looking forward to catching up on. I am sadly woefully behind in some of these films. Yeah, this is one that I was hoping to watch earlier this week. I'm going to try to watch it later today. Of course, I won't get to experience it on the big screen, um, at least for this first viewing. But uh, if I like it enough, uh, I think you'll be seeing uh, me buying a ticket at the Megaplex for one of these days. Well, and it's a musical as well, correct? Uh, it is, but it's going to be like musical like Camila Cabello is a like modern pop singer. Yeah. So it's going to be pop songs, I'm guessing. I, well, honestly, I don't trailer, know. I haven't like watched it, so I don't know. Hollywood style might be mixed in as well. Very colorful, the dancing and, and such as that. So I'm. this is one I'm looking forward to, but you, it's a musical, so of course I'm going <laughs> to go check it out. All right. So jumping ahead to September 10th, the only one that really jumps out and I just actually there's a couple sorry so the one that i'm most looking forward to on september 10th is queen pins this is a comedy about a bored and frustrated suburban homemaker Kristen bell and her best pal kirby howell baptiste who turn a hobby of couponing into a multi-million dollar counterfeit coupon caper Never heard of this also one. has Vince Vaughn and Paul Walter Hauser as like, I think they're like department store or like grocery store security or something that end up on the on the trail of these two ladies. Uh, I like comedies and this one actually sounds kind of clever. Um, do you, you know anything about that or seen the trailer? I've heard the same the same kind of description. And it's fun to see some of these these classic tropes turned on their side. Well, and this I, is I'm, based on a true story, too. Which, which is even more delightful. It's, it's fun when you kind of see a, a bit of a twist on something that, really, somebody figured that out. Well, they got away with it to a point. Well, uh, th- there's, that's the one I most want to see. Um, I'm kind of interested in seeing The Card Counter, which is uh, an Oscar Isaac, uh, Willem Dafoe revenge story about an ex-military interrogator who becomes a gambler. It looks kind of cool. I, I do. I do think that James Bond has proven, and, and several other movies for that matter, that card play Maverick, great example, that card playing can make for an excellent drama that you can watch on screen. I, I guess the World Series of Poker, for that matter. Much as I don't like True. to watch it, uh, it it's been on TV for years. So there's there's something about it that there's drama in in watching card playing unfolding. Uh, all right. And then uh, I'll only mention this because I know some horror people like it, but malignant or maybe it's a French word. Malignant. No, I'm just kidding. It's malignant. It's a new horror movie <laughs> from uh, the director of the Conjuring Universe, Insidious and Saw. So that should give you an idea. Is it in any of those in universes? Uh, I don't think so. It's uh, a woman has visions of murders and discovers that the waking dreams are a terrifying reality. Isn't that life? Like dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Anyway, I don't. Are you a, are you a horror fan at all, Jeff? Because I'm not. Um, I can almost watch the Ghost and Mr. Chicken with Don Knotts, the old. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm, that's my mom's uh, almost, show. Or the old Abbott and Costello. You know, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein meet, meet is Frankenstein. a classic. I, I can I can almost watch that with the, all the lights on at noon. But other than that, I'm yeah, I'm such a lightweight. <laughs> Most of those. I, and I honestly, I admire the our film buyers because they go through and they watch all this stuff and they can speak volumes about how well crafted they are and what, what they do differently and where the, where the twists are. I'm okay with a thriller. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind some suspense on screen, but I, I have a tough time putting a bandaid on myself. So I'm, I have my limits. This is well, so hopefully bad. you have I'll... someone to put the bandaid on for you and to blow well, on your boo-boo. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) This is so bad because all three of us are like not big horror fans. Like we need to find someone to pull in and be like, just tell us. It's it's true. Yeah. (laughs) Call me out for the lightweight I am. And yeah, just. Yeah. The last horror movie I I saw was the first it. That was enough. Oh, no, no way. I won't even read that book. And I love. No, no, I don't read the books either. But I saw the the first movie. And actually, I mean, it had horror, obviously, in it. But that one felt more like a stand by me kind of a movie than like a. I, I don't know, a murderous clown kind of movie. I, 
But I've never been scared of clowns either, so that didn't really have as much sway over me as it might for some people. All right, Def, let's move on to September 17th. It looks like the big movie of that week, especially theatrically, will be Cry Macho, starring Clint Eastwood. Uh, set in 1978, a one-time rodeo star and washed-up horse breeder takes a job from an ex-boss to bring the man's young son home from Mexico and away from his alcoholic mom. It's based on a book. Uh, you got any info on that? Have you seen it uh, other than the trailer? Was there anything that uh, CinemaCon talked about it? They they showed us pieces of it from, from CinemaCon. Clint Eastwood being Clint Eastwood, directing Clint Eastwood. And it's... Okay. It, I'm a fan. Yes. When when he does that, he he is performing at a level still that is so, so well-crafted. I am looking forward to this one. Okay. Uh, the rest, uh, the only other one that week that is uh, that I can tell is even theatrically coming out that caught my radar at all. It's called Lady of the Manor. <laughs> and looks, is that another scary one? No, 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 no. It's a comedy. It's oh, okay. uh, got Judy Greer and Melanie Linsky. It's about the ghost of a southern plantation owner who's disgusted by the way she and her historic home are being portrayed by this slacker college student. Uh, Melanie Linsky, and so she haunts her to to get her. To, I don't know. It looks really funny. See that? that you don't I even know about that one. Do those, you? Kind of, those kind of ghost stories I can live with. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the the seventeenth, other than really other than Cry Macho, that it's going to be kind of niche uh, type uh, movie releases. All right, and then September twenty fourth, probably the other biggest release of September, maybe outside of Shang Chi. Uh, is Dear Evan Hansen. Yay! I'm excited for that one because I'm a big musical fan. I'm not quite sure about his wig in it, though. That's It looks weird in the trailers. We'll see. It is the film adaptation of the Tony and Grammy Award-winning musical, and it stars Ben Platt, actually the actor who portrayed the role on Broadway, mm-hmm. and that's been a whole thing on social media of people upset that he's, he's little, way too old to play. He's supposed to be a junior high kid, I believe. Well, high school. Oh, it yeah. is high school. Okay. So uh, Evan Hansen's a high school senior with severe social anxiety disorder. He writes a letter to himself that's not meant to be seen by others, but it accidentally lands in the hands of a fellow classmate who, as a result, commits suicide. Now, that sounds a really heavy premise, and and it is, but... That's not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is not how the letter gets into his hands and that he, you know, takes his own life. It's that really sets the rest of the plot in motion Mm -hmm. that um, goes in different directions. And despite what sounds so heavy, my understanding, not having seen the play myself, my understanding, it is a it's an uplifting and positive story. It's about connecting with others, um, even if if they're different and finding similarities with those that are around you. It's. It, the music is also just beautiful. So this this is definitely one I'm looking forward to. Jeff, have you seen it yet? Did you get to preview it at CinemaCon? No, but uh, they did show us they did show us the trailer and and the, and an extended clip. The music is phenomenal. Right. Uh, we think well, musicals play really well here in Utah. Uh, we we fer- refer to our guests as the Megaplex Tabernacle Choir. If, if they get a chance to, I, I don't know if we'll get a sing along version of this film, but if if there is, we'll play it. Guests love musicals here, and this story I think is going to connect with so many people because it touches on so many things that many people can relate to. Frankly, you start talking to people about their own high school experience, and everyone thought the table away from them was the cool kids' table. <laughs> We, we all felt like we were outsiders in, in some way during those junior high, high school years. And the isolation and that nobody gets me, that I'm I'm different somehow, and figuring out ways to connect and the, the power that you can have, I, I think the message is going to play really well for audiences here. And I know, I know the, you know, clearly the, the performances have been recognized on Broadway. So strong cast. I think it'll. I think it'll play. Now it is three weeks from now. Are you guys already doing pre-sales on that, or no? I think we are. If tickets aren't on sale now, they will be shortly, and well, we expect you know a brisk opening weekend there. So fans will have lots of chances to see it. Well, and looking at your your website now, it actually looks like you're doing the the special Q and A with cast event like you did with Respect. So Thursday the twenty third at the Valley Fair uh, Megaplex, they're doing the you see the film um, and then broadcast all over the country. There's a live Q and A with the cast. So that seems like a great way to see it a, a little bit early because it technically comes out the next day um, and to really experience that. So I, I definitely know some some theater kids that would really like that.
We actually have it at multiple locations. So it's oh, at Valley okay. Fair at Jordan Commons. It's playing at the district, the junction, and even down in St. George. So we, we've got special equipment that allows us to do those kind of uh, special events. They are broadcast live. So the film is timed in such a way that the film ends simultaneously, and then, then we join basically a satellite feed or a streaming feed of the cast uh, you know, talking more about the film. So those kind of presentations are an amazing opportunity for for super fans. Well, and is this something kind of newer that came out during the pandemic or were these things you were doing before? Like I've only really started noticing them recently. We've, we've picked up the equipment that allows us to do it more regularly. Um, It was sort of hit and miss in the past, but there, there are better systems now. And this is a fathom event and those have become more regular. And because of the popularity, more, more studios are, are making arrangements to make these kind of special presentations possible. That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, speaking of Fathom events, so now there are some of those coming up here in September as well. Um, I know that uh, I got an email from one of the studios about The Alpinist, uh, which is a, a movie about a, a, a climber. I'm, I'm, I don't know how it can top free solo. Maybe it doesn't try to, but uh, watching climbing movies on a big screen, that is not possible to duplicate at your home. You don't get quite the adrenaline hit. No, watching I'll tell you what, the first time, <laughs> the first scene of Ad Astra, saw that one in, in the, in the IMAX. And when he steps out onto that balcony, he looks down at the earth, essentially from the world's tallest platform you've ever seen. I just don't think there's a way that you could see that at home and have the same effect as it did seeing that on the IMAX screen. So I'm assuming that rock climbing movies, uh, with high definition cameras hanging around these people who aren't anchored to anything, uh, is, is a, is a different kind of experience. It's the closest I'll ever come. <laughs> right. You can have it while you're still firmly anchored to your seat. That's good. I, and, and even then, I will, I will take a few deep breaths along with the dude hanging from the cliff. <laughs> uh, but that's the power of movies to, uh, to immerse you in it. I like that word, immerse. All right. So other things. Ugh. Labyrinth. I've never seen Labyrinth, but it looks like it's coming up to replay Blasphemy. in theaters. Uh, September 12th through the 15th. I am like literally shocked here. You really haven't seen I Labyrinth. I really haven't seen Labyrinth. It's so good. And it's Jim Henson and and. Well, David I've never Bowie. seen The Dark Crystal either. That's also amazing. Oh my gosh. We got to get you to watch it. I, I love it. I'm excited to see it on the big screen. I haven't ever seen it on the big screen. Looks like that one is September 12th and... 13th, 15th, it looks like there's a few different showing, few different showings there. So that's one I will really try to see. I'm sure some of my cosplay Utah friends would, would want to join me on that. It looks like and, you guys also, Jeff, have some golden girls on the screen. <laughs> Small screen converted to the big screen. Apparently, the, 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 the largest you'll ever see the golden girls in your life is a B. celebration. Arthur and Betty White, yes, in, in IMAX 3. No, it's, um, yes, big... Big stories. Here's one um, that surprises me. The 80th anniversary of Citizen Kane, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And again... It came out in 1940? Yeah. I thought it was and, like 19... Well, I mean, obviously, I'm wrong, but I thought it was later than that. No, no, no. Wow. Um, and, you know, it's basically the story of William Randolph Hearst, the, the publishing mogul. Yeah, the source of Hearst Castle and and the Hearst Empire. Hey, Bill and Joe, um, have we got news for you? Yeah, <laughs> and that Bill would be William Randolph Hearst. See, in this one, you get that mad line at me from Newsies. I, That's I from Newsies. Seen you haven't seen Newsies? Oh, I've seen. I've, I've seen Newsies. I haven't. Yeah, seen no, Susan I'm Kane. quoting a line from Newsies when he says, "Hey, Bill and Joe." He's talking about Bill, yeah. William Randolph Hearst and Joe McCarthy for the strike and everything. The newspaper yes, guys. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, I know that from stuff I missed in history class. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, films stuff that you remastered. actually missed in history class, it's or a, is that it's a, a book? podcast? Oh, okay. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right, and here's a movie I'll never see. I saw like the last ten minutes of it on TV once. Had nightmares. Carrie's 45th anniversary at the end of the month. Nope. <laughs> I like the book. <laughs> nope. When Sissy SpaceX is standing there and the bloody hand comes up out of the house. Nope. I, I I like the original better than the remake they did a couple years ago. Uh, but Carrie is is a really good Stephen King book. It's too scary to see on the screen. <laughs> it was too scary to see on the small screen. <laughs> All right, and and <sighs> for you, Jeff. There's one last one that I have avoided since the 35 years ago when it came to theaters. Now it'd be to Transformers the movie. <laughs> 
Now, this is coming September 26th and 28th, and that's after Fanex. So I once I get to meet Optimus Prime and make sure that he's okay, right? then I can go watch him brutally uh, murdered to sell a new line of toys. Spoiler alert. I haven't Spoiler. seen it. It's 35 years old. <laughs> Still. Hasbro decided they were going to reboot a new line. They had all the toys ready to go. They're like, okay, we'll kill off the first line of Transformers from the cartoon series that all the kids have watched Uh so that they'll buy all the new toys. Did it work? Because, like, all the remakes and stuff were the original characters. So that's the big... This is one of the interesting things about Transformers, the movie. Um, There was a guy involved in the production or, or who was in marketing at Hasbro that told them, do not do this. Mm-hmm. You don't understand. If you do this, it's like killing these kids' dad. And they're like, no, no, it's just toys. Mm-mm. So Optimus Prime dies, and it's a dramatic. I mean, he dies defending, and he takes out some. But like within the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie, they've killed almost all of the Transformer robots that you've watched in the cartoon oh for my, like two full years at so that point. Traumatic. Oh, yeah. Went oh. opening day with my friend. No. And then you kept like, okay, well, I mean, Optimus will come back. I mean, like, he, he's not really dead, right? Movie ends. There's a new leader of the uh, Autobots, and Optimus Prime is dead. Is it animated at least? So it's not. Oh, as... it's animated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes it a little better for me, but still very heartbreaking for but, for child you or kid yeah, you. Yeah, uh, I was 11. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> uh, and so it, it, it has scarred me, and I've never watched it ever since. Oh. Um, I think I'm finally to the point where I can watch it again. It's it's okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I, I, you're, it's safe to come back to the movies. You're, you're all right, It's safe Andy. to come back to the movies. So on okay. <laughs> Tuesday, September 28th, I can find – Tuesday, September 28th, I can finally – can finally make peace with my childhood <laughs> demons. We we will we will hook you up with the voice of Optimus Prime at Fanex, and you'll be all good to go. Interestingly enough, since we were talking about Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. the final role for Orson Welles on the big screen was a voice in Transformers the movie. Oh, okay. So there wow. you go. Hmm, Here's that... the difference between a movie celebrating its 80th anniversary and one celebrating its 35th. That is like deep knowledge right there. That's Orson Welles plays the voice of um, Oma, uh, Unicron, the like the Transformer living planet thing. And Leonard Nimoy has a voice role in... Love Leonard Nimoy. Uh, in this, he, he actually takes over the voice of Megatron, who gets killed by Optimus Prime. But Megatron gets brought back to life. In a different form, and yeah. You're still bitter about this. Uh, can you tell? Just it's been little? 35 years. I've seen this movie one time, and I remember all these That's specific a, details. There's some stuff I'm like, I was promised a sequel. Where is my sequel? Tenth Kingdom, the NBC mini series that was out like in 1998. At the end of the movie, it says there's going to be another book, another movie, and there isn't. And I'm still mad about that 20 years later. What? Right? I'm still mad. I want to see what happens to Wolf in Virginia. So that's okay. See, there's, there's, there's a whole subject of, of an, its own podcast. Of, right? You know, movies that traumatized us. Cause, you know, there's, there's some oh, moments. We've done this one before, and uh, I did make sure to play the scene from Transformers. It's hilarious. It's, you actually it's a whole it mix. It? It's a whole mix of things. Like, they're going to fight, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the music, there's this... It sounds like a breaking news sounder from TV, like like it's it's a mess. But 35th anniversary, and you can find a full list of upcoming features at MegaplexTheaters.com, whether it's a Fathom event or a movie ticket that you just want to buy. Wow, Jeff, we've covered a lot. Of, it's always we always go it's over. always all over the place with you because we I, have so many fun things to talk about. It's always a joy hanging out with you guys. I I get such a kick out of it. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we love having you. Jeff Whipple, Megaplex Theaters. We will talk to you again at the end of September because there's some big stuff coming out in October. And I think we're going to say that like a broken record at yeah. the end of each of these look-aheads every month because from now on, there's going to be big movies that are coming out every month and ones that you'll want to check out at the best place to watch a movie in Utah, in my humble opinion. The Megaplex Theaters. Right before you go, give us one update on the Gateway Megaplex Theater, downtown Salt Lake City. That building is coming along beautifully. We are open. We are soft open right now. Uh, the crews are still finishing up final touches on, uh, I think, three auditoriums and a, and a new event room. But we have six auditoriums open, six brand new, all luxury, all laser projector, all Dolby Atmos sound.
it is the nicest setup. It's gorgeous. And, and by uh, soft opening, you mean the chairs are still soft. And so right, when you yeah. get to the hard opening, that's when they'll all be hard. That's that's it. No, I don't think that's how it that's works. That's not how it works. Okay, I must have misunderstood. As long as you have popcorn, I'm fine. Yeah, the, the popcorn is crunchy. I can sit on a bench, a wooden bench. If it's the right movie, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I'm glad to know that I can do it in a luxury recliner instead. It is, it is a nice place. Go check it out. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jeff Whipple, Megaplex Theaters. Uh, we will talk to you again one month from now. Uh, and um, we'll hopefully, we'll hopefully the movies that are currently scheduled for that month will still be there. Right there with you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fan Effect, a KSL News Radio podcast. Beyond sci fi, fantasy, gaming, and tech, we're excited to share with you our knowledge and arguments on everything pop culture and fandom based in the beautiful Beehive State. Fan Effect celebrates Utah's unique fan culture, and we are excited to bring you local guests that feel the same way. I'm your host, Andy Farnsworth, alongside my co host, producer Kellyanne Halverson. Listen regularly on your favorite platform at kslnewsradio.com, kslpodcasts.com, or on the KSL News Radio app. Do you have a fun idea or local fan culture topic you'd like us to explore? Let us know by messaging our Facebook page at Fan Effect Show. That's E F F E C T, at Fan Effect Show. That's where you can also get the latest nerdly updates and join in the conversation. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fan Effect Show. And don't forget to catch all of us at FanX Salt Lake Convention here in a few weeks in September. And thanks again for listening. We hope to have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.